10, 15. Back up field at the 35 to the 40. 45, 50. Pass the 50. 35, 40. Pass the 30. To the 20. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. Hello again, everyone. This is the Old College Try. This is your host, Tim Hyland. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mike Unger. Mike, are you fully prepared for the eighth annual podcast road trip? Has it been eight trips? I believe so. It's eight, right? Wow, that's spectacular. I am uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Our flight <laughs> leaves at 6.30 a.m. on Thursday morning. I only hope that our third uh, trip participant, noted TCFA listener, Brian Schlater, is at my house on time, 4.45 a.m. So I, I learned today that you were flying out on Thursday. I'm flying out on Friday. So, I, of course, it's not your fault, Mike. I'm just curious, like, can you reveal <laughs> anything? What, what, what are you doing on the day I'm not going to be there? Uh, well, we'll I'll leave that for a surprise. Well, this this will air, correct, after uh, right, this, on Friday. this will air on Friday. Yes, yeah, so, of yeah. course, I can reveal. We are going to the Rockies-Phillies game during the day. Oh, nice. And, of course, it's an important game for Colorado. They're a half game back as of this recording on Tuesday night. I think of both the wild card and the NL West. And then we are going to uh, Red Rocks Tuesday, or Thursday night to see a Led Zeppelin tribute band called Get the Lead Out. That's the only band <laughs> that was playing at Red Rocks that night. I wanted to take Brian there because it's just the most spectacular music venue I've ever been to. So that's what we're doing. And, Tim, I would have loved for you to join us for the entire time but uh an undisclosed source uh told me that you probably wouldn't want to go for that long <laughs> and then we just go ahead and tell listeners that where we're going for the games and i guess right mike that's right since it'll be aired we're going to the uh awesome state of colorado we're going to do a double header check out the buffs and chip kelly's ucla bruins on friday night and then i will be completing my personal uh, trifecta of service academies by going to the Air Force game on Saturday in Colorado Springs against Nevada. And then we'll be back in Denver, hopefully in time for at least the second half of Penn State, Ohio State to watch in a bar near our place. So it'll be a very action packed trip, but I think it'll be great, especially because you and Brian have never been to Colorado, right? Right. And I think too, like you, you, your stated intention with this trip was to do something different. Cause we've done, we've done heavy on the sec right and we've done heavy right. on the big 10 this is definitely out of the uh this is a, a new venture for us it certainly is boulder is a, a beautiful town uh we're gonna i have a lot of brewery stops worked into our itinerary and you're gonna be just blown away by how you just walk around in everyday life in colorado and you look up and you say oh my god wow look at that that's the most beautiful snow peaked mountain <laughs> range i've ever seen in my life and it uh of course coloradans just walk around not noticing it but uh for your first time there boy you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be blown away so we'll get into our trip in a second i just want to mention now because this trip is serving as a kick in the pants for you and me mike to do our part. So my lovely wife, Erin, has been doing work on the social media side. We now have an old college try show uh, account on Instagram. I'm a big fan of Instagram, Mike. It's the best thing because it's not as poisonous as Twitter or as dumb as Facebook. It's just all good <laughs> stuff, 
right? So <laughs> Nothing our... could be more poisonous or dumb than Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> our handle is simply at Old College Try Show on Instagram. So we're going to be posting photos from our trips, your trips, of course, Mike, you travel every weekend it seems like well, <laughs> except for last <laughs> we'll post this weekend and we're asking uh our listeners to please follow our account and then post uh photos of their trips and their tailgates especially right which is fun to see like we'll get a a uh, cornucopia of views of college football around the country so please again folks it's at college try show on instagram and you certainly you certainly don't have to be traveling to a game to post, right? You can post no. from your basement bar, from uh, from your, uh, your your tail, your local pub, whatever, wherever you're watching your college football or whatever you're doing college football wise. Feel free to to join in. Right, and the hashtag is hashtag Mike your CFB tailgate. By the way, I didn't know that uh, this trip was a kick in the pants for us. Uh, do I do I still have to go? I don't I don't like being yes. kicked in the pants. Yes, that's it's Aaron did this for you specifically because she wants to kick you in the pants. So, <laughs> Mike, your week of college football last week was what? Tim, I think I watched more college football last weekend than I did in the first three weeks of the season combined. Friday night, first of all, was a beautiful little triple header with. Right. Um, UCF and Florida Atlantic, wildly entertaining game, and oh my God, is UCF's offense incredible. Uh, then Penn State Illinois, which was a ball game for really three quarters before we saw really an unprecedented fourth quarter explosion from the Nits. And then I tried to step and watch as much of USC Washington State as I could. Wildly entertaining game, but I did not make it into the second half for that one. <laughs> I mean, also even um, actually, I'll, we'll get back to it later. So I will, I'll mention the Penn State game later. Um, but I will say again, for me as well, it was one of the weekends where the schedule worked out where I could actually watch a lot of the games and there's something just great about just being able to settle in and just like there is. soak in the whole, because you really, you really need to marinate in the sport, Mike, for a day, right? You need to, yeah. uh, see games develop and like the transition from the noon to three thirty to 7 PM starts. And if you're lucky enough it's, and like brave enough to stay up late, there's joy in staying up late for that as well. Um, it's just a great great experience to experience a full full day it was actually i think a very revealing weekend of college football in many ways um we mentioned the top of the show and i think we should do this here because we had kicked around the idea of in at, at the start of the season of doing a show just all about our trips and we scrapped that but um listeners old will know of course that and this is one of the favorite things that i've done um i tell my friends about it up here they love the idea we started this doing eight now eight years ago, a, a, a trip every fall to a different college football location. We've had some absolutely amazing trips, learning about cultures and football and the rest of it. Um, can't wait! Can't wait! Food, yes. Can't wait for this week's trip. Um, and I'll run them down real quick again. So our first year was Ole Miss. Our second year was LSU. Our third year was Wisconsin. Our fourth year was. Ohio State. Our fifth year was Texas. Our sixth year was Nebraska. Our seventh year was Tennessee. And here we are in the eighth year going to Colorado. What an awesome, just overall amazing experience it's been so far, Mike. Very good geographical diversity in the in those selections as well. I think uh, I'm looking forward to kind of phase two, maybe the next ten years where we start going to some one double A right. games, where some you know some uh, kind of under the radar games, which I think what is what Air Force might be. 
by the way, tickets to the Air Force Nevada game uh, still available. Very easy to come. <laughs> very easy to come by. I would Won't guess. set you back. Uh, I bought our three for seven dollars each today. Are you serious? <laughs> I am serious. That's of course not including fees. I think they were eleven with the fees. And Tim, aisle seats. I will ask this two questions, Mike. I don't want to belabor the point, but um, I know it's. I, I know you don't like this question, but and I'm not going to ask you to rank anything. Cause I know you don't like ranking okay. things. It, looking back on our first seven trips, if there was one just standout memory that epitomized the fun of doing this trip and learning about new things, like what's the one thing that stands out to you of the first seven trips? Well, there are a couple. I would say when we were at the farmer's market in Madison and that family was pushing around a stroller with a baby pig in it. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was quite amusing. I'd, actually, I'd say uh, also, of course, the tailgate in LSU where the uh, LSU fans bought it, brought out the the rooster the <laughs> and dropped it in a, in a pen and gambled on where it was going to poop. Right. Also, that was culturally eye-opening. <laughs> uh, nothing could, for me can top the, the Grove at Ole Miss, though. That the, tr- the first trip was the best, and I really don't think it was because it was the first one. But there's no tailgating situation I've encountered uh, in my life, anything like the Grove. 16 square acres with no cars in it, people dressed to the nines, people enjoying the tailgate really more than the game. We always say... At least I always say when people ask me about these, I would have to put LSU as the top combination right. of full, 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 tail, tailgate full and football. Yeah. In terms of just the scene, I would have to go uh, with Ole Miss. It was just it was so beautiful down there. Um, and again, we're we're from Maryland and Ohio, and now you live in Pennsylvania. Much different places than Mississippi. I really enjoyed <laughs> be, being in a, in a in a different culture and experiencing all that had to offer. And the folks there on all these trips actually. When they hear about what we're doing, they are so excited to to show us around their town and to tell us about their traditions and to make sure that we really enjoy ourselves. It's it's really the best of uh, of what America has to offer. Right. I mean, I have to agree. I mean, that first trip, we were so like we were so um, dumb. We were fish out of water. Right. First of all, we were like we had no idea what we were doing. Right. I, we just like kind of went to Ole Miss, not knowing what to do. We parked our car randomly in the town square. Walked where we walked a mile to the, the grove. <laughs> The town square. That's right. We don't. <laughs> um, I'd beg to differ, Tim. Remember, I hired that kid, uh, that That's young, right. fine young entrepreneur, to um, claim our our space right at midnight when they do their land rush to for everyone to get their spot in the grove. And he did a great job. You know, we had a tent, we had a cooler, we had chairs, we had a table. He put us right next to a sorority. Yeah. And then I think uh, later in that night, he came back and we did shots with them. So uh, <laughs> that was great. So I would say. One quick thought on every trip. Ole Miss, just, again, perfect. I am not ashamed to admit I teared up walking into that place. Two, LSU, as you said, the full experience. And that stadium is like nothing else. There, there's nothing Definitely. like Death and, and that was a year uh, they played South Carolina. With South Carolina had Spurrier were still coaching, and Clowney was on the team. They were a right. good team. Game came down to the end. Uh, third year was, again, what, third year? Wisconsin. I mean, Madison, phenomenal, phenomenal yeah, be- people, very different, less of a tailgating scene, right? It was, remember, like, it was right. more of a bar scene, which is interesting for us. It was everything. I mean, that's a, that, that town has it all going on. Uh, fourth year, Ohio State, which, again, was kind of a flub thing by me, but it was Ohio State, Michigan. Um, there was not much in the way of, for us, it was, first of all, it was like 19 degrees that day. Um, but it was for the standing around in the dark with four <laughs> beers tailgating. Right. But for uh, the Big Ten title, 
you, I think, came away impressed with just the massiveness the, and the, the scope size of, the of everything. Yeah, right. The scope the, and the number of people both at the game and just in the town of Columbus who wanted to take part in the Ohio State-Michigan game, Michigan game was awe-inspiring. Also, during our very, very, very long walk from wherever we parked to the stadium, I was blown away by Ohio State's athletic facilities oh, in general. The best they have the a, a yeah. stadium just for track. I still can't get over that. Right. Uh, fifth year was Texas, correct? Yes, uh, monsoon, a hurricane, <laughs> uh, terrible game. We stayed for about a quarter against Kansas State, but uh, Austin, what a city, huh? Barbecue was absolutely amazing. Style switch, Mike, style switch, yep. barbecue, oh, phenomenal. Uh, the next year I had a skip. Nebraska, your thoughts? Oh, I love Nebraska. It was it was very kind of a down-home experience. You, you really get the feeling that in Nebraska you're in the middle of nowhere, but, again, the folks were so excited to have us. We actually had – great luck with the weather they played Purdue and it was a it was a close game um loved loved Lincoln it was a it was a great experience all around and then last year we did Tennessee now I think I, I could be wrong Mike I actually love Tennessee you were not oh, yeah. as, not as on board with Tennessee no that's absolutely incorrect I love Tennessee the, the first of all the stadium never seen a stadium constructed that way right. giant beams coming down just into the parking <laughs> into the parking lot they just dropped an expansion over the uh, original stadium right. the volunteer navy was tremendous was can, yes. can you imagine uh, sailgating down there sitting on a boat we had great weather i loved it the game you know fell short because tennessee is really probably in the w- one worst stretches in its in its history but uh i really now did i find knoxville the most charming college town no i did not it was not it, no, no. It, it was kind of a tweener in that it's not really a town but it's not really a city that's kind of how i describe it um but the the football experience was uh outstanding all right and we'll see what happens this week oh like mike your last question now and this is a bigger one if you had to pick right now your next location for our trip, what's your location? And you can choose either location or a game. Go ahead. Uh, Boulder, Colorado uh, is off the charts. You're saying yes. yeah. you picked one. Uh, the, boy, that's really putting a lot of pressure on me, Tim, considering I just spent the last couple months planning for this <laughs> one. Uh, there are a few that I'll, I'll, I'll fire away a few. Uh, one based on the this week's game day that I watched, Eugene, Oregon. Yes. Uh, to University of Montana, I've heard it's a beautiful setting, and I'd love to go to like a high-caliber one AA program game far away. Of course, the Rose Bowl is on my bucket list, and the University of Washington. I've been to the campus and walked around the the stadium, and it's it's breathtakingly beautiful out there. I agree with all those. I mean, Eugene, I've I've heard great things about Washington. The same thing, Rose Bowl, of course. For a Rose Bowl, it would be so much fun for us to go to an actual Rose Bowl. Wouldn't that be great, Mike? But, we're going to um, need a new career if we're going to be able to afford that. I will say, unless there's an upset in the meantime, my next trip in two years is almost guaranteed to be guaranteed to be Iowa Iowa State. I cannot wait. Yeah, to do that. yeah, yeah. You've been you've been on the uh, the inter Iowa the the Cyhawk battle for a long time now, and I would love to go there. I, I would I'd vote for Ames just simply because I've been to Iowa City before. I've never been to Ames, so uh, keep that in mind when you're planning this two years from now so again folks follow us on our instagram our facebook and twitter and the rest of it we'll be documenting our trip to colorado this week um for two great games colorado and air force mike news items real quick and this is off i'm sorry this is the late addition to the uh to the rundown don't worry i I didn't look at it anyway i have to mention it how cool was it that tiger woods mike has won his 80th pga tour event well, first of all, I watched almost the entire round eschewing the NFL. Golf is so much better, so much a more exciting sport <laughs> than the NFL. 
that in eight a number eighteen when the fans were allowed to just flow into the fairways Crazy, and the fairway right? and follow him up as he walked to the green. You really got a sense you were watching history, and I loved how it was. It was his 80th win, a nice round number. Right. Uh, you know, I would have loved if he had made that last putt instead of tapping it in. But after he tapped it in and and raised his hands in exalted victory, I, I it, it might have been the most genuine moment I've ever seen from Tiger Woods. Right. And golf is a better sport with Tiger in it. I I already cannot wait for the Masters in April. Absolutely. Is it too late to join the lottery for that? Yes, it is. You have to do it in basically next April for a year, a year in the future. All right. Well, go. Tiger. And if you think the by the way, if you think the Rose Bowl is expensive, I've looked into going to the Masters. <laughs> uh, my three bucket list uh, sports items that I really have left: the Rose Bowl, the Masters, and the Kentucky Derby. Uh, neither one of them cheap. None of them cheap. Uh, they're, they're pricier than the Preakness. <laughs> they're pricier than the Preakness. They're pricier than an Air Force game. They're pricier than an, than an Orioles game. Those are those are my levels of entertainment. All right, back to college football news items, real quick. Mike, Tennessee is terrible. So we were there last year, and Tennessee was bad, bad, bad last year. We saw them get smoked like what forty to seven by Georgia, forty one um, nothing, I believe it was. And look, the fans, the fans were amazing, right? They were still onto it, but after a quarter, they were just like so demoralized. Yeah, it's yeah, sad it to just... see like this wonderful institution. The Vol Walk is a sight to see. They yeah. are bad. They are bad. So. Um, me and Aaron are close friends with people here in lovely Flower Town. The, the, our, our friend Katie went to UT. She invited us over for the game on against Florida on Saturday night. Yeah. She was so excited. Her she had her sons wearing their UT gear. Um, it could not have gone worse, Mike. It could not have gone worse. And then they had a player allegedly, but not really, refused to go on the field during the game. He was. Do we know what's happened with that? He now they've they've decided that it didn't really happen. There was a misunderstanding. <laughs> Regardless, I love, misunder- love misunderstandings. It's sad to see a program like Tennessee and a, a, a town like you were there, Mike. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that town exists solely for, <laughs> for Tennessee football. And well, for don't forget about bad, the the nineteen what was it eighty World Fair they had there World's too. Fair, yes, yes, they have that too, and uh, yeah. That's what they have. And the, the statue of Rachmaninoff. Remember him, too, Mike? <laughs> yes. He is, was his final – conducted his final United uh, concerto in the U.S. in Knoxville, right? right. And I, t- I took a photo of this, of, of course, folks, of the famous composer Rachmaninoff. I texted my dad, who's a big classical music fan. I was like, Dad, look, here's a picture. Here's, here's a statue of Rachmaninoff in, in Knoxville, Knoxville. Tennessee. Could there be anything more random <laughs> on the face of the like, earth? And he's like, why is it there? I'm like, this is his last concert. And he, his response was, that's what killed him. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good, solid Midwestern humor for you. By the way, Tennessee, 31.5-point underdogs at Georgia uh, this, this week. And, I mean, that's probably a good number, but that shows you how far that program has fallen. And, again, what's the way forward? Speaking of which, Mike, next one. I think as bad as Tennessee is, Nebraska is worse. Nebraska got smoked horribly by Michigan last week. And I think, well, Tennessee still has... Um, a path forward because they're at least located somewhere near talent. Nebraska is not. And the entire Nebraska model, as we discussed many, many times, was built in the era when not every team was on TV every week. Nebraska was a big name, could get players from elsewhere. I don't doubt Scott Frost is a great coach, right? I do doubt whether Nebraska is a winning program anymore. Listen, I 
th- do I think Scott Frost is a great coach? Yes, I do. Look what he did at UCF. He seems to, you know, understand the modern offenses. But what he did and what he said in the week leading up to the Nebraska to the Michigan game was a travesty to his team, in my in my opinion. When he made that comment about how things are going to get worse before they get better, he made that comment in the middle of the week before the Michigan game. He's basically telling his entire team, "Hey, you guys suck." And when I'm jumping ship, and when you guys lose, and when you guys get blown out, and when you guys have a terrible season, I'm going to look back and say, "Hey, I told you, I told you so. None of this is my fault." I thought that was an awful thing for a coach to say uh, to its team or in public, basically, in the in the days leading up to a game. And I wasn't surprised at all that his team came out flat and got crushed by Michigan. Now, is there a huge talent disparity? Of course there is. But I watched a li- some of that game, and they did not have their heart in it from the start of that game. And I, I, I blame Scott Frost for that. That's a message you send to your AD. Be like, hey, look, our team exactly. is crap, right? You don't say that in public. That's no. absolutely throwing your kids under the bus. Right. And again, like those – there's. Like, I didn't like it. No. I agree, Mike. At the end of the day, look, I, whatever, not to get too deep into it. People respond better to positive energy than negative energy. And if you're going to, again, throw your players under the bus before a game like that, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Like, it, was, it, was, it was a bad move by him. On the happier note of things here. Now, I heard this game actually on the radio, Mike. Old Dominion. How quaint. Old Dominion, I think they were 0-3, right? They were They were 0-3. They lost to Liberty. Badly. They correct? got crushed by Liberty. They beat Vatek, Mike, with a backup quarterback who threw for 495 yards. They had over 600 yards on a Bud Foster defense. I believe that's the most yards his, his defenses have ever given up. Right. And they lost fifty-two to ten to Liberty. Ultimate. <laughs> I mean, there's so this is a game where like it's a reminder. Hey, nothing makes sense in college. These are co- yeah, these are college kids. Right, and if if you get a hot quarterback, albeit the backup, and a hot receiver as they had, and a hot tailback, and a team that starts believing, and for that team, first of all. Vatek, why are you playing a game at Old Dominion? You're asking for trouble there, right? That's Yeah, I heard Reese Davis talking about this on uh, the Mark Packer show. You know, I don't like it because I want these smaller programs to have an opportunity to get games like this. But from the bigger program's perspective, you're right. It really is kind of a no-win situation. Right. It's kind of like Penn State playing Appy State the first week. Like, what's the upside there? There's no... There's at none. least, at least that was in Happy Valley, though. Would you <laughs> right. ever go down there to North Carolina? We God, saw, we, we saw Miami play what? Miami played at Toledo. Yeah. Right? Uh, Maryland played it at Bowling Green. That's right. We got to talk about the Maryland game, by the way. I didn't see it on your uh, your rundown. We need to mention a couple things. I do kind of like, by the way, I kind of like this new trend where the Power Five schools are being forced to go play at the uh, Group of Five schools. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, even though you just not two minutes ago said you would never do it if you were a Virginia Tech. Well, no, why, why would you? I mean, there's yeah. No All right, Mike, week in review. Are you ready? Yep. Starting on Friday night. So um, Penn State 63, Illinois 24. Look at the score and you think like, oh, easy win Penn State. Mike, that was not the case. No, it was a ball game. The, the base, three quarters For three quarters, Illinois played great. And by the way, that was the first time I saw Lovey Smith's beard. <laughs> great beard, he, right? He has a Dave Letterman beard. I, I, I was I was unaware of that, but leading into the game, Illinois, their fans look fired up. Their players look fired up. They had they went into their bag of trickeration, and they hung with them. Now talent won out in the fourth quarter, and once end. yeah, we had once Penn State started rolling, um, you know it was pretty much over. 
what did you think of a 9 p.m. Friday night kickoff as a Nits fan? I will say this. So it's been a very, very busy time at my uh, office, my day job, Mike. So I had a crazy week that week, and I actually had to stay over overnight at my office Thursday into Friday just to oh get work goodness. done. Right? What are you? Are you a high-powered business executive? No. Um, so I thought, like, all right, at the very least, I have this long two days. I'll get home. I'll go to practice for soccer, and then I'll come home have dinner, and then turn on the game. It'll be lovely at 9 p.m. Something to look forward to. But, like, when it's halftime's 11 p.m., it's like, ugh. And it's a little late. Penn State's, like, not winning comfortably. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I wanted to go to bed, right? I was just like, all right. If it was, like, up by 35, it'd be fine. But I had to stay up and watch the entire thing. The game ended at, like, almost 1 o'clock, Mike. Yeah. Well, That's college football game, college football games are four. They're, they're four-hour affairs now these days, really. Yeah. yeah. So, I... I, I the 9 p.m. kick, not a great thing on the East Coast. As for Penn State, we'll get more into this later. Um, they have the offense is the number one scoring offense in the country. That's great. Defense is a real problem. Illinois actually is showing signs of life. And like yeah, two, two and two for Illinois, that's not bad. And Lovey Smith start. seems like a good guy. I'm, I'm rooting for him. Um, moving into Saturday, Mike, Bama 45, A&M 23. This is the game I saw most of that day. Yeah. Um, this is a weird thing to say. So Bama won by 22. I thought A&M played an amazing game and really hung in there tough and showed something. At the end of the day, I said it last two weeks, Tua is really good. and He's unbelievable. Right. Bama is it's, it's almost – they're almost unfair good. I think – we said last week that there's a top four or a top two with Bama and Ohio State. I think it's a top one. I think they're just – different level right now it it's it's crazy how good they are mike they've won 20 in a row at home by double digits yeah um and i echo everything you said i watched most of this game this was at the the top billing in the 330 window we had clemson georgia tech and the other on the other tv at the bar i was at uh and i agree texas a&m has played very very well in their two losses but we'll talk about a schedule having to play clemson and alabama in the right. first four weeks of the season I thought Texas A&M played quite well. Alabama's just demonstrably better than anyone I've seen play all year. Now the uh, the uh, competition will get tougher. You know they'll have to play Auburn. They'll have to play in the SEC title game, and then of course two playoff games. So we'll see. You know just how they are against top top notch competition. But if I were a Texas A&M fan, I'd be very very excited not only for the rest of this season but for the future with Jimbo. Right. I mean you you. That schedule is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it really is brutal. <laughs> they played. So, again, no shame for A&M. Again, yeah. it's just amazing how good Bama is. Um, Georgia 43, Missouri 29. Um, look, for Georgia, a good solid win, right? Nothing to say beyond that. Didn't really see much of that. Well, there's one other thing to say, and that's that Georgia did not cover, and they were your uh, lock of the week. Wait, wait, I thought it was 10 and a half. No, it was 14 and a half. Oh, Jesus, Mike. Yeah, well, you got to look at your t- ticket when you go up to the window and you make your bet, Tim. You have to look at your ticket. You have to ensure that it's correct. That's on you. How about Clemson forty nine, Georgia Tech twenty one? Now Georgia Tech is terrible this year, I think. Um, eh, Clemson, I think they're the same as they always are. Great running <laughs> game, not much else going on. Clemson, I think we can agree, offense is great. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, being named starting quarterback. Yes, he looked. Uh, Clemson, this was their their finest performance that I've seen them from them this year. Uh, they looked very workmanlike, and this game was never in doubt. Any any still concerns about the defense among the, the compadres? I doubt it. I haven't, really, I haven't really talked to anyone this week, but uh, 
I mean, they're Clemson. They're now, of course, they have undefeated Syracuse coming in uh, for a nooner on Saturday. Just that's that's oddness all around. So last week on the show, we discussed that our, our our like group of top four. We included Oklahoma. Now, Mike, and this I is did. no, no dis- disrespect to Army. I love Army, right? But Oklahoma had their hands full, 28-21 in overtime over Army last week on a game that was only available on pay-per-view. Mike, do you know what it costs to watch this game? I heard it was over $50. $54.99 to watch the Oklahoma Army game. And this was Oklahoma's choice. Oklahoma, as a university, as a sports program, chose to charge their own fans Fifty-four ninety-nine to watch this game when they That's could a have dangerous trend. They could have put that on over-the-air TV. They could have put it on cable TV. They chose to do this. I think is just an absolute disgrace. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's an to, abomination. Especially they're playing Army. I right. mean, what if what if you know veterans wanted to watch that game? Oh my God, That's ridiculous. Right. So this game's developing. It's twenty-one twenty-one going to overtime, and of course I get home from our friend's house. I'm like, I, I got to find this game. Can't find it. I had no idea. It was only on pay-per-view. Are you kidding me? That's a very, very dangerous trend, but hats off to Army. 45 minutes of, in terms of time of possession, to 15 for Oklahoma. That's a great formula for beating a a, a team that has more talent than you. I think, too, the Army had 83 plays to Oklahoma's 36, which is just amazing. I love that stat. Beautiful, beautiful stats. <laughs> I saw an interview. I couldn't see the game, but they, uh, they allowed Lincoln Riley to speak for free uh, afterward, and he looked genuinely happy that they got out of there with a win. I mean, right. it was kind of not like Nick Saban. If Nick, if that had happened to Nick Saban, you know, he would have been looking like his firstborn had just died, even though they won. Lincoln Riley wasn't like that. I kind of liked his attitude. He was like, hey, credit to Army. They played great. We won in overtime. I'm happy. And credit to Sooners fans gave him a standing ovation on the way out, which they much totally deserved. And also, They gave course, Army a standing yes, ovation? Which they Did you read about that in the newspaper the next day? or? Uh, <laughs> It was not available on TV, no. (laughs) Yeah. And also, um, of course, this is one of these things that, like, it happens, I think, like once a year. So Army, being Army, uh, stories appeared after the game. Look, in the wake of a heartbreaking loss, you could excuse kids from being upset and doing whatever. Apparently, they left their visitor's locker room spotless, like absolutely spotless, because that's what Army does when they're in a visiting stadium. They leave it. Oh, I've heard that's what Japanese baseball teams do as well. Really? Yeah, that's great. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear. It's all class, right? Yep. All that's class. that's that's not really what I do with hotel rooms. Unfortunately. <laughs> this one, Mike, I have to admit, I didn't see it. Can you give me any insight under the Stanford thirty-eight, Oregon, uh, Oregon thirty-one uh, game? Uh, sadly, I cannot because while I went out and watched as many nooners as I could, and really watched a lot of college football, and then watched the two three thirties. The night began to veer uh, midway through the Indiana game in the night window, and I did not see a lot of uh, the Oregon-Stanford game. This is called honesty in broadcasting here, Mike. (laughs) I saw the highlights, and it looks like it was an amazing (laughs) game. And I saw the three-hour game day from Eugene, which was possibly the best game to have seen in several years. Notre Dame 56, Notre Dame 20, Wake Forest 27. Look, saw much of this. So give me your take first. Uh, well, the, the uh, great move by Brian Kelly, realizing that he wasn't going anywhere with with uh, Brandon Wimbush and putting Book in there. Um, I think that Notre Dame's getting a little 
too much credit because so? people were yes. overvaluing Wake's defense right. and Wake in general. Wake is not a great team, but you look at Notre Dame's schedule, they have two, possibly two tough games coming up against Stanford and Virginia Tech. But after that, the schedule is very uh, much what coaches like to say manageable. And uh, Wake Forest was a very manageable game, but I do think it was the right move changing quarterbacks and their offense looked completely different from what I, you know, the, the plays I saw. After this game, I'm hearing way too much about Notre Dame being in the playoff. And I'm like, yeah, stop, of just stop, 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 stop. It's like so early, so yep. early. Here. Um, here's a fun story. Now, one of the recurring stories of the past, I would say three years down south, is that Mark Stoops at Kentucky has been on the hot seat, right? And it's like kind of silly. It's like, it's Kentucky, what a tough place to win in the SEC. And he's been slowly building and building and building towards something good. I think slowly any, being the key word, but anyone who knows the game could see he was getting close. Right. And like, like Indiana, Mike, exactly like Indiana, you're There's striving, so you're striving for six, seven wins. That's like, kind of like the, the thing. How about them beating uh, Mississippi state 28, seven? That's a great win. Kentucky. Solid, solid win for Kentucky, and I applaud Kentucky's athletic administration for keeping Mark Stoops. What what have I said for year after year after year after year on this podcast about Indiana football, Maryland football, for that amount of reason too? Continuity. Pick a coach and stick with him five years minimum, possibly six. Look at what Frank Beamer did when he first got to Virginia Tech. Right, he had right. terrible season after terrible season. Eventually, built them into a power. If you're one of these have-nots, like a Kentucky, like an Indiana, like a Maryland, you need coaching continuity. You need to develop an identity. You cannot continually change coaches every three years. And so I applaud Kentucky for keeping Mark Stoops. And they're reaping the rewards now. And those, those fans those, those fans are having a great time. I think Lexington would be a fun place to go watch college football, a college football game. It's an Absolutely. awesome town. Yep, no question about it. Um, how about Texas? Speaking of big wins. Texas Tech 41, Okie State 17. Another coach who's in the hot seat, Mike. Texas Tech. Like yeah, that big, guy needed a win bad this year. Like he, big win for Cliff. Right. Cliff Kingsbury, alum, of course. Um and look, for them to score 41s, it's not a big deal because they always do, but the whole yeah. Okie State to 17, it's a huge step forward. It's yeah, amazing. that's that's an incredible performance by uh, their defense. Oklahoma State, of course, year after year has an outstanding offense and and uh, tip of the cap to the Red Raiders there. How badly do you want to go to Lubbock for a game, Mike? That would be a little lower on my list. Uh, you, Tim, as someone who doesn't like to fly, do you realize how many flights you would probably have to go on to get to Lubbock? Three, probably, at least. I'm right? guessing three. Yeah, yeah. All right, the next two games are to my point that we are four weeks into the season and we don't know anything. So, Mike, Texas 31, TCU 16. Now, what, two weeks ago or three, Maryland beat Texas. We thought it was like the end of the world for Texas. Right? That's right. We're Since learning then, more about Maryland, though. They've beaten USC, and TCU battled Ohio State hard. But no, Texas just beat them, okay? TCU battled Ohio State hard. We thought this this is a great TCU team. Maybe not. How about Purdue 30, Boston College 13? Purdue was 0-3. Boston College but, was perceived to be a challenger in the ACC, right? Well, I, I saw this one coming, and I'm kicking myself for not making it my lock of the week. By the way, I lost my lock of the week, but I went 3-1 and one on the rest of my bets. Um, 
Yeah, so Purdue Purdue was in all the games that they lost, um, and they made some bad turnovers and they hurt themselves, but they really didn't get, you know, of course losing to Eastern Michigan was a bad loss, but right. other other than that, and Boston Boston College going to West Lafayette, Indiana, it's just a weird trip, right? It, yeah. it just it just smelled like a like a Purdue bounce back game for me, so I'm not really surprised about that one. We I, I always felt Purdue was better than their record. I was watching some of this game and I thought like, you know what? Purdue Boston college is a game that should happen every year. There's like too much in common there. Especially right? their, their, their horrible colors. Right. Not a, and combined with the classic West Lafayette gray uh, <laughs> tapestry of the sky and the field. It's really, there was like two colors going on in that palette there. Finally, Mike Sparty 35, Indiana 21. Now, you had guaranteed a win here last week. <laughs> I did guarantee a win. The most cliched move in sports ever <laughs> since Joe Namath did it. Uh, this was a tough one for the Hoosiers because Michigan State got out to the early lead, and they just kind of controlled the game. Um, Indiana didn't play terribly, but they were – again, it was one of these games that you really didn't get the feeling that the Hoosiers were ever going to win, even when they were – Within striking distance, it just didn't have that feel like they were going to win it. So a tough loss for it, for IU, but they roll forward. Hopefully they'll bounce back this week against Rutgers. That's what every team needs in a, in a bounce-back uh, situation. Tim, one more game that you failed to talk about, Maryland taking on Minnesota. A lot yeah. of talk about how the Gophers were an up-and-coming team. They're 3-0 and for the first time, what was it, since the 1800s or something ridiculous like that. Right. Uh, Maryland absolutely crushed them looked great maryland looked like the better team talent wise physical wise everything uh it led to a terrific headline in the saint paul pioneer press trampled by turtles was the headline i think <laughs> they sent a shout out to new noted listener allison barry from cleveland who pointed that out to me and a lots of credit to those poor headline writers who have to work saturday night into sunday morning at a newspaper that's a thankless job but uh please know that i appreciated your headline Beyond that, I mean, at the start of the year, Mike, you were so down on Maryland for a lot of reasons. Yes. Not a bad start for the Terps, right? Well, hopefully Canada, I mean, hopefully DJ Durkin just goes silently into the night and Matt Canada continues <laughs> to take over and run the program. He runs an exciting offense and uh, he doesn't seem to be the Neanderthal type that Durkin is. Mike, the top 25, you ready? Let's do it quickly. All right. 25, 24, 23, Texas Tech, California, and Mississippi State. California making an appearance in the top 25. Can't say that I know much about them. Texas Tech deserves to be there based on their Oklahoma State win, that's for sure. 22, 21, and 20, we have Duke, Michigan State, and BYU. That's a hell of a basketball group right, right there. Awesome, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, 19, 18, 17, we have Oregon, Texas, Kentucky. Uh, some some great programs in there. Again, Kentucky, good good basketball school. I'm I'm becoming a fan of Kentucky much in the same way I'm a fan of the Oakland A's in baseball these days. They just seem to be a likable team that you that you can root for. These... Uh, the and the Oregon game, real quick on Oregon, the the game day experience from Eugene. I could not believe how how many times both Kirk and Lee talked about how Eugene is their favorite place to go, bar none. They didn't say right. one of their favorites. They said their favorite. And Gene Wojciechowski's story on the making of Animal House, which was made on the University of Oregon <laughs> campus 40 years ago, was just classic. He, he When he came back from the piece and he was wearing a toga and he was riding in the death mobile, boy, that is what television is all about. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> These next three are fun too. 16, 15, 14. You got Miami, Wisconsin, Michigan. I cannot believe Miami is still ranked. Uh, Wisconsin, huge bounce back win over Iowa. Uh, that was that was a very big win for the Badgers, certainly. I think Michigan's sneaky good, Mike. They're they're getting better. They're, they're certainly they're certainly getting better, but let's see them play against some better opponents, and it won't happen this week against Northwestern. Next three, how about UCF, West Virginia, and Washington? UCF is for real. Right. Uh, I, I I got a lot of respect watching that game uh, on uh, on Friday night, even though it was against a lesser opponent. Top 10, one by one. Number 10, the Auburn Tigers. Don't really know what to make of them yet. Number 9, the Knits. We'll find out this week, right? Yeah, what a huge game this week. Right. Uh, number 8, Notre Dame, Mike. Oh, God. they just they, they it, It's like they have a birthright of a top 10 position. <laughs> 7, Stanford. Uh, first of all, the Stanford logo with the tree and the S is great. You, How bold is it to have a tree as your logo? Like, well, they're, they're Stanford. They can do bold things. Right, yeah. Uh, six, Oklahoma. Hmm, I don't yeah, know. I'm not convinced with that defense. Five, LSU, Mike. That's hard to believe they've snuck into the top five, isn't it? They have LSU is number five. <laughs> they have a game against Ole Miss uh, on Saturday. Could be interesting. Four, Ohio State. Three, Clemson. Two, Georgia. One, Bama. Nothing's going there, right? Yeah, those are the clear heavyweights <laughs> in college football this year, those four. Right. So, Mike, games of the week. You ready? Yep. Syracuse at Clemson, noon, ABC. Now, what? The Cuse beat Clemson last year, right? The Cuse, not only did the Cuse beat Clemson last year, the Cuse is coming in 4-0. and This game has blowout written all over it, in my opinion, for Clemson. They are going to be focused. They are going to be ready. Uh, it look, very well could be very hot. Uh, at noon in Death Valley, Syracuse, of course, plays in a dome uh, in a in a city that's close to the North Pole, right? As we've as we've learned when, <laughs> on our trip up there, uh, 23 and a half point favorites, Clemson. The betting com- uh, community certainly agrees with me because Clemson opened as an 18 and a half point favorite, and it's gone up five points, which is a huge number to 23 and a half. Number 12, West Virginia, at number 25, Texas Tech, noon, ESPN two. God knows here, Mike. What, what, like, what's the line here? Do you have any idea? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, West Virginia is favored by three and a half on the road at Texas Tech. Tough spot for West Virginia. Another game day note, Tim, of course, because I watched all three hours for the first time. God, I love that show. They did a feature on Will Greer. Yeah. This guy is about ten times more mature than I am, which is not really <laughs> saying a lot. He is married with a kid and lives in, like, the most regular suburban house you can ever imagine. He goes to practice and then he just, like, goes home like uh, like any other working schmo like yourself and uh, hangs out with his family. I was like, my God, how old is this guy? Really, really mature kid. Mike, I'm also married with a kid. I have four kids. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm, you, you are also. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go ten times more mature than I would. I would say significantly more mature though. How about Indiana at Rutgers, Mike? Noon on BTN. Oh, uh, what's the rating going to be for this one? First of all, uh, uh, easily could get rain. Get Indiana <laughs> seventeen and a half point road favorites. I wonder when the last time IU was favored by anyone over a seventeen and a half. Certainly in a conference game. This is by all accounts an awful Rutgers team. And this is a must-win for the Hoosiers. Obviously, if they don't win this, they're not getting to the Magic Six. Level of confidence, Mike? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say six, six and a half. I think I use a solid team, but uh, I might have been getting a little ahead of myself uh, with them before the Michigan State game. 
this game, and I put it on here, not not to mock them, but I think it's great. Army has been great this year. Buffalo's been great this year. Army at Buffalo, Mike. Noon, CBS Sports Network. If I lived anywhere near Buffalo, I'd go watch this game. No one really lives anywhere near Buffalo, except for possibly people who live directly in Buffalo proper. Um, Buffalo, eight and a half point favorite. Interesting. Buffalo is four and oh this year. Wow. Tough for tough bounce back situation for Army, huh? Yes, I think so. Yep. Uh, number 18, Texas at K-State. Danger game for the Longhorns here, Mike. It's obvious, like flashing red light, like watch out, watch out, watch out. They think they're getting, yeah, I mean, Texas, eight and a half point road favorite. Don't like what I've seen from Kansas State so far this season. They look the opposite of dynamic, and uh, boy, I think it's really getting, it's getting dangerous time, danger time for Bill Snyder. He's starting to, you know, you don't want to say Paterno, because now, of course, that brings up a whole different kind of issues. But even before the Sandusky thing, I think it was clear to everyone that Paterno had stayed too long, and we're getting into that territory with Bill Snyder, I think. Speaking of danger games, number 14, Michigan at Northwestern, 430 in Fox. Now, look, Northwestern's not been what we thought they were going to be, but you can't tell me they're not still dangerous, and you can't can't tell me that Michigan's still not vulnerable a little bit, like not totally confident. It's still a tough trip for Michigan. 430 kick in Evanston, Mike. It's a how tall How tall will that grass be there in Evanston? Michigan, 14-point <laughs> favorites on the road. I, I tend to agree with you. I think this could be kind of a – dull type of game if you will uh, a close game until michigan kind of pulls away late third quarter fourth quarter how about unranked Vatek at number 22 duke mike espn2 and now if you just fell down you know from space and you saw that Vatek is unranked and duke is ranked uh number 22 dukey's five point favorites of course virginia tech lost its quarterback jackson i believe for the season so a, I would not like to be a Hokie at practice this week. That certainly couldn't be, wouldn't be a fun situation. I don't know anything about who their backup is. So uh, an intriguing game, certainly, to say the least. Now, this is a problem, Mike, and I could have the times wrong. I apologize if I am, but, like, we have three of the best games of the day all at the same time. Am I wrong here, Mike? Well, let's hear what those games are. We have number four, Ohio State at Penn State, 730 ABC. Number seven, Stanford at Notre Dame, 730 NBC. Number 28, I'm sorry, number 25, BYU at number 11, Washington, 730 on Fox. Could they all be 730 kicks? Uh, I believe you have that correct. Penn State, uh, Ohio State, a three and a half point favorite at Penn State. Um, Washington BYU. That's a, that's an intriguing game. Kind of right. a tough out of conference game for Washington. That's seven thirty Eastern, five thirty of course, where we'll be in the Mountain Time Zone. Washington, seventeen and a half point favorite, and Stanford Notre Dame, the Irish, five and a half point favorites. Also a seven thirty kick. So Tim, we will have to get back to Denver as soon as possible after that Air Force game, or possibly even leave the game a little bit early. Possibly. Air Force seems to me to be the type of football situation where you really want to be there for the pregame festivities. There's the probably flyover, I'm an incredible yes. flyover <laughs> to you know, watch the cadets march in if, if that's what they do. Um, there, it seems to be that sort of thing. Maybe watch an exciting first half. Hopefully our Air Force pulls away from Nevada, and then maybe we, we hightail it back to Denver to find a great bar with three outstanding TVs for these three games. And they're three great games, right? Those are great uh, games. They really are. Can I give you my in-depth analysis on Penn State, Ohio State, Mike? 
As long as you make it brief. You have two minutes at the most. All right, I'll say this. As you know, Mike, what is the, my favorite sporting event of the year? Uh, the World Cup. <laughs> it's once every four years. My favorite annual event of the year is the Ohio State-Penn State game. For reasons that are obvious, I grew up in Ohio. I was an Ohio State like fan like everyone else is there. I went to Penn State. It's become, to my great glee and to the great disappointment of Michigan fans, this has become the biggest game in the Big Ten, right? It really has. Um, what's been curious to me over the past week, Penn State, from my point of view, has an ama- the, the number one scoring offense in the country. Their defense is crap. The Ohio State narrative is the same. They have the number five scoring offense in the country, and people are scared of their defense, based largely on TCU and also last week against Tulane, Mike. I do think Ohio State, talent-wise, is just different level this year. I think Haskins is unbelievable. It's going to take every bit of the home field advantage for Penn State to win this game, plus a special teams play plus a defensive turnover. It's going to take every break in the world because to my mind, as good as McSorley and the offense is the defense is just not anywhere near good enough to be a championship defense. I'd be shocked if Penn state won. What's the line again, Mike three and a half Buckeyes favored by three and a half. All right. So I, I, I this is no shock here, Mike. I will take Ohio state and the points or Ohio state to cover in this game. Um, there's just too much there. As for Stanford Notre Dame, God knows. I have no idea. Do you, Mike? No, I mean the game is in South Bend. Stanford has won. They 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 beat USC, you know, somewhat ugly. They by all accounts were kind of lucky to beat Oregon, right? They were thoroughly outplayed according to Reese Davis, and I take his word about college football as the gospel. Um and Notre Dame, of course, looked uh, energized with Book at quarterback. So this is an this is an intriguing one, definitely. And if Notre Dame wins this one, then Notre Dame in the playoff uh, talk is going to be deafening next week. Finally, BYU Washington, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think Washington should win this game. Seventeen and a half point uh, spread seems like a lot to me, though, doesn't it? Uh, especially against a BYU team that went into Wisconsin and and kind of physically handled the Badgers like they did. I would take the Cougars. Last one of the week, Mike. So Kentucky at number 17 in the country now, coming off a huge win over Mississippi State, welcoming South Carolina. Does that Kentucky team have the maturity to win another game against another top opponent or no? Well, you know, if they didn't, you thought they might have faltered against Mississippi State after beating Florida, right? Because right. Florida was the, was the big monkey on their back and a lot of people were saying Mississippi State was going to manhandle Kentucky, and it really came out. It really ended up the opposite way. Now, this is interesting spread-wise. The game is in Lexington, and Kentucky opened up, or South Carolina opened up the favorite, a point and a half, and now Kentucky is the point and a half favorite. So the betting public certainly likes the Wildcats. I will be pulling for Kentucky. And by the way, Tim, guess what time this one kicks off? What? 7:30. <laughs> it's terrible. So we need a fourth TV at our, our yet-to-be-determined Denver location. Our Mike, our picks last week were what? Oh, the, the, we, this is the worst part. If we lose <laughs> one more, I think we might have to end this segment because <laughs> you picked um, Georgia minus 14.5. That's a loser. You're one and three. I picked uh, Navy, which lost a heartbreaker in overtime. 
Uh, I am 0-4, Tim. 0-4 in my locks of the week. As I said, I did win a lot of um, most of my – in fact, all of my other college football bets on Saturday, but that's no excuse. I've got a winner this week, though. All right. Bobby hit the bumper. Tim, for this – Plays bets on college football. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. What do you mean you don't bet? I mean, I don't bet. You know, I don't gamble. I don't. Pushers. I never have, and I never will. Yeah, right. The Mike Unger 50-50 possible lot, probable loser of the week. Please hang up and try again. This week's <clears throat> lock of the week, we are going to uh, North, the state of North Carolina, where Old Dominion comes in to play East Carolina. Now, as we mentioned, ODU coming off a historic upset over Virginia Tech. Their first win of the season, though, Tim, and in those four, the, previously in the three losses, they didn't cover any of them. Now, they, their kids probably don't even know that they have this game on the schedule. They're still partying for beating Virginia Tech. Whereas East Carolina is a very, very good team. They come in 2-1 and one against the spread. They beat North Carolina already this season head-to-head. They lost only by 7 to a very good USF team. Uh, and they're favored by only 6.5. So I'm taking East Carolina minus 6.5. No way ODU bounces back after that emotional win over the Hokies. Level of confidence, Mike. If I were to say anything over five with an 0-4 record, I would lose any credibility that I already have, that I have left, and I'm not going to do that. So I'll say a two. I will say, looking at the whole, like, I'm looking at the whole list of games, there's nothing. Like, and when your confidence is shot. Welcome to the world of gambling. Yeah, when you look at, when, when your confidence is shot and you look at the, every game, all you see are losses. Losses everywhere. <laughs> right. So I don't know what to do, Mike. And there's some truly horrendous, horrifying line. Like, Mike, would you touch Indiana my 17 and a half versus Rutgers? God, no. I would never <laughs> lay 17 and a half on the road for Indiana. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. But Tim, remember, there's you can't win all your money back if you don't gamble. That's the number one gambler's cred. Would you touch Georgia minus 32 against Tennessee? Uh, you know what else I do like, just for the record? I take, uh, I think it's Louisiana, is it Lafayette who's playing Alabama? They're getting 49. Right. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Louisiana, Lafayette, plus 49 at Alabama. Nick Saban has a history of not covering against these right. patsies that they play, and uh, that's a lot of points. So I would I would look toward maybe the, uh, the, the Raging Cajuns. I'm going with this, Mike. Ready for, ready for this? Mm-hmm. I'll take BYU plus 17 against Washington. I kind of like I kind of like that one. And actually, yeah. it's 17 and a hook as of right now. That hook could come in handy. It burned you last week. Maybe it could save you this week. So, Mike, next time I see you, we'll be at an airport in uh, Denver, right? You, you're, I can't wait for you to see those Rocky Mountains. And uh, we've got such a great trip planned, Tim. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Awesome. All right, Mike, there's one thing to say. We'll be saying it a lot in Colorado. Pachas. Pachas. Thank you for listening to the TCFA Podcast. For more college football news and wit, visit intelligentcollegefootball.com.